Start. He's just so good because he's done like a thousand. Right. right? Like, Ladies and gentlemen, it's not even. Any, I can't. I can't do it. We'll do um, once we get like nine hundred and eighty-five more episodes. Then, there you go. Then maybe I'll have it mastered. So. <laughs> All right. Three, two, that, nope. Three, two, one. Here we go from the Play Normal Esports Studio. This is Pod BN. I am Tyson. I'm Justin. And it's just the two of us today catching up, talking about some uh, local issues, whatever we're paying attention to. That's right, yeah. We've got a bunch of stuff going on locally, so we can touch on all that. Yep, sounds good. Before we start, we want to let you guys know about something that's pretty awesome going on here at Play Normal Esports soon. There's a Call of Duty Black Ops tournament going on this weekend on Friday the 12th through Sunday the that's not just a small tournament. That's like a huge thing. $5,000 prize, right? Yep. Um, seven. So Terry Ballantini just stepped in to tell us about it. It's got apparently people from seven states coming. Yeah. 120 participants. Um, and uh, Good for the local economy. They're, they're, they're staying in their local hotels, eating at our restaurants, and played uh, normal esports is the one that's hosting it. I think that's an awesome, awesome thing. Yep. So Saturday and Sunday, come check them out, 9 a.m. to midnight. Anytime you want to come by and watch, you're free to come in and, and see some of the out. best Call of Duty players probably in the, yeah. the country. So yeah. That's just shows cool. how that, that – um, man, it's no joke. Like, it's not just some sort of fad, the esports um, – it's, no. it's a really big deal. Absolutely. I mean, we've seen it with Wesleyan and all these colleges starting to have teams and high schools starting to have teams and yeah. tournaments here, too. So We just had a Fortnite player, um, Dr. Lupo. He came to State Farm Corporate. So I saw, uh, I had a Facebook friend that are like, I can't believe I'm meeting Dr. Lupo. And I, I had no idea who he was until it took me like all day to realize that he was an esports guy. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. They, they were setting up our atrium and I walked by and I was like, I think they've got too many chairs out because I'm pretty sure no one's <laughs> going to come and see this guy. And it was absolutely packed. Act, like lying out the door, like people apparently on the social on social media, people were like, "Oh, how do I get in?" And they were like, "Well, it's only State Farm, you know, employees. So if you know someone who works at State Farms, so there's like people like banging down the doors trying to get in wow. to see this guy." And that is so cool. Like though. it's, uh, I, I think the planners probably didn't even anticipate that like you know word would get out and like yeah, he should have done something like outside the walls of, of State Farm to <laughs> right. <laughs> to well, meet I, people too. I'm sure if uh, he put the word out, he'd, there would definitely be takers with uh, with getting to people to meet him. Yeah, so that's cool. But it's uh, yeah, it's all over the place wherever yeah. you look. Cool. So I got to tell you, man, um, I have not been paying as close attention to stuff <laughs> as I used to be. Uh, literally the day of the election, April second, yeah, my boss. Uh, quit he left the company yeah and ever since then things have just been crazy at work so me and my peers we've been trying to step up and it's been spending a lot of hours trying to just do all the things that this guy used to do while we wait for a replacement so one of the things that has been um sacrificed for me is not being able to follow the the local issues and local uh goings on as much as i usually do so uh can you fill me in like what are some uh what are some of the big topics that have been happening well you know there, there's been some stuff that's, that's made the media nothing i wouldn't say anything too large um obviously um connect transit has been in the news a lot lately they've eliminated a route um that had some people upset they've also uh had talk of fare increases um, so that's been in the paper a lot. Yeah, I uh, saw that in the. I still been reading the news, and it, it kind of falls into your typical like. As soon as someone is saying bad things about somebody else, then all of a sudden there's a bunch of media coverage of it. Yeah, but. and I mean I got dragged into that a little bit just with the board positions and things like that, and I I, I tried to do my best to stay out of that conversation. Um, but you know sometimes you can't help yourself. But yep. the uh, overall, I think um, as far as the route being eliminated on the olive route um i know connect transit and isaac thorne has um agreed to a compromise i guess you would call it where they're going to take one of the other routes and make sure they stop it or at the apartments over by orlando which was a main concern of a lot of the people that were uh, against the elimination of the route and then i think the fare increases as far as i know has been pushed off till at least october um because of both the city and town um, wanting to possibly look at other alternatives maybe even investing more money to make sure the fares stay down so it looks like uh, the people that have spoken up have at least um 
nudged um, what they wanted a little bit closer. And we should see sometime between now and I would say the end of October how that all plays out. So yeah, but that's been that's been that's been in the paper a lot. I did see that one going on, um, and. I thought it would be interesting to try on the podcast doing like a little bit of a discussion on a, on an issue. Reached out to some people to see if anyone wanted to do that, and didn't. People re- respectfully declined. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, well, we'll we'll see how that. It's goes. It's such a heated. Uh, it got it got to be such a heated, um, controversial thing, um, and that was where I was at with it. I mean, I just didn't want to be. You know, I I I didn't think my my voice. Uh, needed to be in there. Um, so I tried to stay out as much as possible and let that conversation take place among people that, that probably needed to be heard a lot more than I did. So, yeah. Um, and then, yeah. uh, yeah, I saw, um, you know, saw kind of the, the drama of, um, the, what was it? The, the gypsy. Something. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> that was, and this is, I don't know how I feel about this. So, uh, let me try to give a Cliff Notes version. There's a new business coming to downtown Bloomington, which is always an exciting thing. Downtown has had a, a lot of successes lately uh, with new businesses coming in, different types of it, uh, business like ice cream shop and that kind of thing, uh, those kind of things. Um, but at the corner of, let me think, Jefferson and Center um, is going to be a new restaurant slash wine place. Um, the original name uh, that got introduced by Bloomington Normal Restaurant scene on Facebook was the Gypsy Room. Um and Alderwoman um, or Councilwoman uh, Jennifer Creo had posted something online. I'm not going to get all these details right, so I apologize up front, but posted something online, uh, some kind of uh, uh, opinion piece online where it's saying how, uh, explaining why the term gypsy uh, is a derogatory term um, that shouldn't be used. And I think where um, she perhaps um, upset the most people is when she called for a boycott of that business until the name was changed. Um, because she did that, from my understanding, prior to actually contacting the owners and trying to get conversation started. She made it more public than it needed to be up front, I think, is the issue. And there were several downtown business owners that were upset because you shouldn't want to... Uh, uh, Elected official um, should be very careful about boycotting any local business, uh, right? I mean, we're supposed to be all cheerleaders and promoters of local business as much as possible. And if you have a concern uh, with whether it be the name of that business or how their business is conducted, that might be a better conversation, at least at first held in private. Yeah. I'd I'd say for both of those issues, uh, again, someone who I'm not into my usual level of detail of talking to people behind the scenes, so I mostly just see the what's in the media. Um, But for both of them, it did strike me as... Uh, if, like, for as far as your involvement with Connect Transit thing, or you know, what I think what you know, Jen found out with with that uh, issue is if you just get in touch with people and just have a conversation with them and um, approach them, you know, one on one or in a smaller group, it tends to go better than trying to um, you know do a real public thing. I, at least, at least initially, right? I mean, um, yeah, I, there's definitely people who aren't willing to have that conversation. Right, you got to go public. I had a conversation regarding the uh, the wine or restaurant downtown with another downtown business owner, and I said, you know, if if at the point where you try to contact the business owners, they refuse to talk talk or they tell you to go get go get lost and we're not changing our name and you think you got to take it to the next level then i can appreciate that um going public and trying to get your voice heard um but at least initially before that activism starts i think you have to have a conversation um i think uh the owner of spice works actually put put it real well i'm I'm sure i don't know if he created this or not but he said uh um what do you say a a hand out is better than a fist up uh, Mm -hmm. initially Uh, something along those lines and I thought that was a really good way to put that Mayor Koo said something about them um, catch uh, their uh, normal just changed their public comment policy where uh, you can sign up to speak shorter before the meeting than you could previously I think it's 15 minutes where it used to be like two hours or something like that yeah Um, and uh when I heard him, heard him on Sound Ideas talking about that, he said something like, well, you know, if people have something off of the agenda that they want to talk about, uh, which is one of the lingering issues still. Some people think public comment, like in Bloomington, you can come and speak about whatever you want. And they do. And, <laughs> um, and it normally has to be relevant to the agenda. Yeah. And so um, when, when asked about the reason for that difference... Kuz said, basically, if you have something not on the agenda, then you can talk to your council members about that, and you can have a conversation with them. Um, 
but again, that's again, assuming like like you pointed out that they're going to be open and responsive to actually meeting right. with people. It is nice to have that other option than let's say your representative isn't somebody who's going who's responding to your you know emails or trying to get you know trying to be available to you. Then you can go publicly and and, and, and I've been with them. you know I I followed those paths as well. I mean I I have an example. Um, I have been uh, my business has been downtown now for a couple of years. And I've complained about garbage and garbage cans for that entire time. Actually, pr- prior to even having a business downtown, uh, you know, I see garbage cans overflowing, and, and it's be- due primarily because the residents use it as their source to dispose of garbage, which they're supposed to. It's not their fault. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've talked to a lot of people in the city about it. I've talked to direct, uh, department heads and the elected officials and so on, and I still have not got a good solution. So I have no issue of posting on Facebook and, and, and throwing them out there because I think it's something that the more people know about, the more pressure will be put on the directors and the elected officials. But I think going through the, the right steps is what's important. If The very first thing I do is blast them without knowing what they've done in the past, what steps are taken. I, th- I think that's where that's where the um, drama can can build. Yep, yep. And so hopefully anybody who we upset uh, with any of our conversations will just uh, shoot us a message and yeah. we'll chat about it, not just blast us on our Facebook yeah. page. I, I'll say I'll say this, and I'll say this about um, the elected officials that I know on city, on Bloomington City Council, and um, I don't know normal quite as well, but but I do know most of them, and I would say they're the same. That if you reached out. I think almost all of them would meet you at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've had some prior aldermen and council people that would not do that. Um, but I think of where we are now, if you reached out to them, they would meet you one-on-one and have a conversation with you or at least email back and forth. Um, and I think, I mean, I've, I've experienced that, um, you know, as when I was planning commission chair, uh, when we were going through the whole chicken and bees thing, right? Like I, I sat, I had people that, um, beekeepers that wanted to meet with me in the middle of the day to talk about bees. And I, I sat down and talked to them. So I think if you just are polite and talk and ask people, Hey, can you hear my point of view on this topic? Most people that serve their community and want to do better for their community would be willing to have that conversation. Yeah. I wonder if that's different in different areas of the country or urban versus rural versus how we are. Well, I think we're very lucky just as the size of our community that we have that we can have a relationship with our elected officials. Because, yeah, I mean, I think if you lived in Chicago, it might be very difficult to talk to your older person. Yeah. Um, you know, but that's why, um, you know, maybe like precinct committee people and those kind of things are even more important uh, in a larger city um, just because it's at other layer that's more accessible yeah um but yeah i think i think the accessibility of our elected officials i mean bloomington <laughs> this always cracks me up about bloomington and the mayor and mayor renner he had he voluntarily has these mayor open houses yes <laughs> <laughs> and it is not in the rules that he has to do this um, but if you've ever attended any of those you'll see that he sits down and he takes heat almost the entire time and he does that voluntarily and then when he does cancel one he gets all kinds of stuff about you don't want to hear from the people because you're canceling it and he does it vol- i mean no mayor has ever done that prior to him. Yeah. Um, the town of normal mayor does not do that. So uh, it just you try to be the more it seems like the more transparent you and the more accessible you try to become, the more flack you get when you you know can't do something or you can't meet with someone or something like that, which yeah. is unfortunate. But yep. so those are kind of the more um, hot button issues, the the ones that are getting the the press, I guess. Yeah. What else is kind of. What else do you see sort of bubbling uh, behind the scenes? Anything more technical? or? Let me tell you what grinds my gears. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm part of the podcast. I can complain about whatever I want, right? Yep. The, you have editorial this, control. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, uh, Main Street in downtown Bloomington recently got repaved. And when it got repaved, um, the... Uh, the public works was going to restripe the parking lanes exactly how they were before, which if you haven't been downtown, get there. But normally the uh, one side of the street is parallel parking and the other side is like a diagonal slanted parking. And several years ago uh, with the downtown task force, we had talked about all kinds of um, solutions to downtown parking, Um, everything from metered parking to free parking garage, so on and so forth. Throughout discussion of volunteers in the public, um, the idea that was brought forth and put in the final report was to create both sides slanted parking. It would increase parking spaces downtown by roughly 20 to 30 percent, uh, depending on loading zones and those types of things. It would uh, make it a little less entertaining because people watching people parallel parks always fun. Oh yeah, <laughs> but um, it would increase parking. But the uh, the other side of that is instead of two lanes of traffic going down one side going down Main Street, it, it'd be one lane. Well. 
when word got out that they were going to stripe it the same way it was, uh, myself, I know there was a, at least a building owner, I know at least one alderman, uh, possibly two, kind of over a span of 24, 48 hours, sent a lot of emails and messages and said, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. And the city, uh, to their credit, uh, city manager Tim Gleason decided to hold off, and now there's currently temporary striping on there, basically tape. Um taped the same way it used to be. And from what I understand, they're going to study um, to see if this is appropriate. They're going to uh, take it through the transportation committee um, to see if that's appropriate, which I see is a better than them just striping it. Um, However, I do see it as typical Bloomington of we already have a plan in on the shelf that says yeah. this should be... Uh, That's in the downtown task force plan, right? Right, downtown task force plan. And if, and if there's a study that should have been done, it should have been done you know, a year and a half, two years ago, not, oh, well, we just repaved this, we should start. Um, so I just... Uh, I, and since that, since that came out, I haven't heard or seen anything of, of the difference. Now, I will say this, and I, I actually plan on posting something on Facebook about this tomorrow. I, I'm downtown... Almost every day. Actually, I will say I'm downtown every day. The the people that are worried about taking it from two lanes to one lane, go sit on the corner of like Jefferson and Maine and just watch how many people actually treat it as one lane anyway. You'll see people driving in the left lane, see a parking spot on the right and swipe over right in front of another car or vice yeah. versa. Um, it's actually more dangerous, in my opinion, to have the two lanes because no one pays attention to that center line anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, have a wider one lane, still wide enough where you can have a loading truck sit, sitting there and someone get around the loading truck. It will slow traffic in a heavy pedestrian area that downtown is. It will increase parking spaces make parking easier uh, for people to come visit downtown. We would be able, to be able to increase the number of short-term parking spaces. Think in front of like places like Coffee Hound where people are just running in for coffee. You could have a couple 15-minute parking spaces to help uh, make sure they get more customers to be able to park right in front of their store. All the studies that have been done nationwide that show that that, that would be beneficial uh, could be implemented in our downtown. And yet we're still stuck on this. Well, we got to study this and take this through f- five different committees to then decide not to do it, uh, which is, in my experience, typical of what I've seen uh, Bloomington when it comes to change. Yeah. So, so that actually, um, the, parking is so complicated because it's very, it's practical and it's psychological and it, it's, it's cultural. And so it's so like multifaceted. It seems like this real innocuous thing, but parking is like your, your inroads from a planning perspective, at least it's like your inroads to so much about placemaking and safety and all these things. Um, something that, the that um strong towns talks a lot about is the difference between a road and a street and i'll get to what you're talking sure, about yeah. so i think it supports what you're saying the difference the, the, how they define road and street so like this isn't the way that like this isn't like the origins of the words but it's like a conceptual way of thinking about it is is we, we can use those terms interchangeably a road and a street but roads and streets have two different functions if you think about them this way sometimes you're Let's just call them like a path. Sometimes a path is the purpose of it is to transport goods and people as efficiently as possible from one place to another. That can be one goal. So like your highway has that. Like when you're driving from Champaign to Bloomington, you just want to get there as quickly as you can safely. That's a that, that's what they call a road, like a railroad. You want it to be straight and fast and just like get to where you want Direct. to go. Yeah. A street, on the other hand, is about connecting people with things that they value. And so that doesn't mean you efficiently can drive cars down it necessarily. So like the street in my neighborhood um, connects like my house to my neighbor's house across the street. And I it's on a it dead ends and so there's not much traffic there so we can go out sometimes we find ourselves like my neighbors and I we're having a conversation we're like standing in the middle of the street while we're having the conversation mm-hmm. because it is calm enough there that we can do that and we see cars coming from the distance we can move if we need to you wouldn't do that on a road you wouldn't do that on a road <laughs> right. you don't stand in the middle of the road um, and it, it kind of creeps into our language right over like don't don't walk in the road but yeah. You can, like, ride your bike on the street, right? We have a complete streets plan because we want to have that be usable by everyone. And so then where you confuse those two things is, again, Strong Towns calls it a strode. It's when you have a road that you're trying to treat like a street. Mm -hmm. And so you have an engineer design these, like, very efficient, straight Um, wide lanes that cars can easily get in, like go very quickly on. Mm -hmm. 
and then you like set you put some arbitrary speed limit up there like 30 miles an hour but this the road indicates to you everything about the road indicates like i can go 45 50 miles on this absolutely easily this is the problem with hershey right that, that's that that Yes, I think of I think of Hershey at least the way you describe that. It's like you could put a speed limit on there, but people are going to go treat it like it's Veterans Parkway because there's two lanes going each way, yes. and and there's not a lot of pedestrians crossing Hershey. Yep. So and I bet the I'd, I'd be willing to bet on Hershey that the lanes are 12 feet wide mm-hmm. instead of 10 feet wide. Yeah. You, if you take a road diet, if you take a 10 foot lane, people just naturally drive um, slower. Yeah. And also the curves that are on Hershey, like about where it's going to go up to, um, like between Clearwater and is that Empire up there yeah. north of that? Yeah, where it curves. Well, the, Empire would be south of Clearwater. Okay, what's Vernon G? Vernon, yeah, yeah, GE okay. Road. So between GE Road and Clearwater, there there are some curves on Hershey, and those are like supposed to calm traffic. But in reality, like people, it actually kind of makes people go faster because you the force G forces kind of feel fun. Like, <laughs> like to go on roller coasters, and yeah. so science has actually shown that those make people like kind of speed up because they want to take those turns better. And um, especially in the area you're talking about, this going back to parking a little bit, yeah. but they allow parking on that um, west side of the street if you're heading southbound on Hershey mm-hmm. where those curves are. They allow parking on the weekends. So you're going around you yeah. know, in a 30-mile-per-hour zone. You're probably already going 40 because it feels like you should be able to. Yeah. And then you're taking a curve, and then right when you go around that curve, bam, there's a car in the right-hand lane that's allowed to park there, but only two days a week. Yeah. <laughs> so if you had parking there all the time, yeah. then people would not take it as fast because yeah. you just be, would be worried. Of, even if you're not even like going to be going where that car is, just the fact that there would be parked cars on the side of the road yeah. would make you drive slower. And, and it, would, it would make the lanes narrower by... Default, yeah, right? So, yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, streets, like, congestion on roads is horrible because it defeats the point of a road. But yeah. congestion on a street can actually achieve the goal of the street better yeah. because you um, – because if you make like a downtown area more congested, there won't be as many cars in there, and cars are dangerous to a lot of the activities that people are trying to do there. And, and we got to look at what the end goal is of any area that we're trying to develop or, or build streets, parking, or roads around. Uh, downtown, we want to be pedestrian friendly. We want someone to walk from this business to this business and feel safe when they do so. Uh, you know, we want to be able to uh, have outdoor seating for restaurants. Yes. We, you know, all those types of things that we want the downtown to look and feel like. Um, would be beneficial if tra- traffic was slowed. And uh, all those things would be beneficial if traffic was slowed down a little bit so that people felt more safe to do so. Yeah. And it's safer for um, it's safer for kids, too, because yeah. if traffic is going slower. Like some might say, oh, well, there's decreased visibility if you have parking on the side of the road so people can't see kids crossing and the kids can't see the, the cars. But really what matters the most is how fast the car is going. And so if it is cautiously making its way down a runway road because it's trying to watch to see if anyone's backing out of these parallel of these uh, diagonal parking spaces, people are going to be much more careful driving. They're going to be much more alert. And so then if someone darts out in front of them, they're going to be able to stop and do that. And going back to what I originally said, this was one of many decent solutions. Mm-hmm. So, so like other things we talked about just for our listeners' sake is make them both parallel, both, make both sides parallel parking, keep it two lanes, but keep it going multi-directional instead of yeah. one way yeah one way uh, roads are more, a lot more dangerous right so so that was one thing we discussed uh the uh, we kind of went away from that because of one nobody likes parallel parking <laughs> everybody's kind of stood up and said we don't need more of that it would reduce parking which uh you know just for the general perception of downtown isn't good um and so that was just a lot harder pill for swallow and honestly one of the better ideas in my opinion that i think is a goal that we should try to get to. I don't think we're ready for it yet. I don't think our downtown is ready for it yet. Is the is the parking meters in downtown? Mm-hmm. Um, again, let me stress so I don't get like emails and text messages. I don't want to do that today. I don't think we're ready for that. But I think ultimately our goal should be pay for parking on the street, free parking in the parking garages. And this is a you know strong town thing. This yeah. is uh, Jamie Matthew is a big component of this on, on the city council or proponent of this. So yeah, a lot of this stuff I'm was talking about was from a book I'm reading called Walkable City Rules. It's by by Jeff Speck and I have read that. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's very it's very enlightening and uh, yeah, that's one of the things from there too is you should you should charge what people are willing to pay for yeah. 
uh, parking. And, and we so. have t- and we have technology out now that allows us to do that more than ever, right? Because mm-hmm. we could have uh, parking meters connected to our on. to our apps on our phone, and the space in front of Coffee Hound that's so uh, you know uh, important to people to park right in front of Coffee Hound could be charged higher than the space down the street that's in front of an attorney's office that mm-hmm. doesn't get the turnaround. So yeah. um, and those can vary based on the day of the week. Um, so we have the ability to be able to do that now. That book you just mentioned. I read that about. La- I read that last year. Um, if any of this is what we're talking about is interesting at all to you, I highly recommend that book. Yeah, it's I'll a very a, good one. I'll put a link to it in yeah. the show notes. Walkable City Rules by Jeff Speck. You'll probably hear a lot of the stuff we say come directly from that book. Cause, yeah, cause I, I did. I did like that book quite. Yeah, a bit. and it's about like so people who um, don't want to park in the garage because it's too far away. Like yeah. it's so much about placemaking of just yes. like drawing people. It because people are willing to walk from. In, in the mall from Kohl's to the food court. At least it used to be when there was, <laughs> when when there there was, was actually food in the food court. But people aren't like, oh, my gosh, I have to, like, I'm never going to walk from Kohl's to the food court. It's too far. But it draws you through. Like, There's when, stuff to look at in between. When the mall has stores in it, it, it draws you through. <laughs> the mall's and it's not like, a good example anymore. It, but uh, <laughs> people were willing to do that 10 to 15 years ago. Right. So it's not about the distance but about the experience of is this is, is the parking garage, like, pulling you into downtown and encouraging you And that comes you back to, to a planning perspective, right? So, I mean, you got to have stuff to look at. If you're looking at a giant brick wall uh, for two and a half blocks, that, that walk from the parking garage to wherever your destination is isn't as attractive yeah. as if you're looking at public art and storefronts with windows and things going on in the store and, and restaurants with tables outside and coffee shops. I mean, Uptown's starting to get this feel, right? they got that parklet in front of Stave. Yep. they got, uh, um, you know, the slow traffic. They have outdoor seating at Coffee Hound and Coffee House and Jimmy John's and all these places that make the uptown feel like it's alive and, and there's blood flowing through it at all hours of the day. Yeah. Where if you go to downtown, you go out at noon, looks good. You got all the workers out there grabbing lunch and stuff. But there are certain times where downtown doesn't look like there's things going on. And there are. They're just inside. Or your car is going too fast that you can't slow down to see mm-hmm. it. Um, so we, we just got to adjust what we want it to be and start making our plans and our um, our rules and regulations to fit what we actually want it to be. Yeah. I had an interesting experience. I was at... Um, Coffee Hound with my three kids who were four, six, and nine. Um, and then we went up the street to Red Raccoon and then we wanted to get a movie from the library. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, kids, let's walk to the library. And their initial reaction was just like, we, you can't walk to the library from here. It's too far. I'm like, no, there's just definitely a sidewalk all the way there. Let's walk it. But it was interesting to see like what places during that walk they were like enthusiastic and excited and when it when it dragged on yeah like they were fine up like all the way did you like, take which side did you take um i kept walking on the road main street i think the one that red raccoon and yeah coffee on it so i we kept walking um south on that they were totally fine got past the courthouse they were fine with that got over to rosie's crossed the street that street having that median in the street now is really big but well, um, that goes back to what it slows traffic yeah because it, it makes the lanes look smaller yep which they're not by the way yeah <laughs> but it makes the lanes look a little bit smaller which slows traffic down yeah i love and what al- they did there. it also encourages you to cross because you can cross safely to that middle and yes. then you can wait and look at the other side so you're fine with that and then they saw there was like a little lincoln thing like the final speech or the lost speech mm-hmm. or something a little mm-hmm. placard over there so they they were like, oh, what's that? And we ran over there to do that. So at that point, then we're walking along a state highway, Business 51, with a parking garage and then a, <laughs> you know, a detention center, uh, a jail on our, on our right. Right. And there was a place where like it looked like we could cross the highway like we were supposed to, but we weren't really sure. And so we're running for our lives across that. Yeah. Um, and, then, uh, and then I would say the, that part was painful. But then there was, you know, going to the city hall they, that would, that drew them in there. And then there's the mural on the corner by the library. Yeah, that yeah. was kind of something to see. And I'd say the last part that was tough is just like getting into the library because you have hill. to go down that real hill. And then you, and then there's not a way to walk safely through that parking uh, parking lot to get to the door on the south side. So right. I know one of the things the library board is thinking about as part of their plans is flipping that entrance again back to the <laughs> north side. That would help with that last little stretch there. Yeah. But um, it it's uh, you know part of a larger library discussion. Sure. I guess. Yeah. So um, so that's all to say like placemaking and making people feel comfortable and they're walking. Uh, you'll you'll walk for a long way if you feel like you're going towards something that you value. Absolutely. Right? So yeah, uh, I um, I 
I think that makes total sense. The the one way the one lane street down there. Um, I think it would help businesses. I think it would make it safer and more fun downtown. Yeah. And and I mean. We're talking about striping, which, I mean, people say it's just paint. I understand it's a little bit more than that, um, and the cost is a little bit more than that. But relatively speaking, it's a very low-cost way to experiment and see. And what what kind of made me mad was when they said, well, we'll temporarily put these lines in, which is a tape. If you're going to temporarily put try, it in, try the way. why not do it the, temporarily the way that you're worried about working and see if it works? Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't understand that either. Like, well, why not just... I mean, it's in a plan. It's not like I just. It's not like one citizen came across and said, well, "Why don't you try this?" Mm-hmm. You had a group of citizens that got input from a lot of different areas um, and put it into a plan that they're sitting on a shelf. So yeah, that's it's unfortunate. Something from Walkable City Rules that um, that's very interesting to me is uh, how would I how would I describe it? It's like a theme that runs through it that you should. Your primary like goal should be um, if you change your focus of the primary goal of driving being like cars getting where they need to go, and you think of it more as like what is best for people, yeah. like physically. I mean, just so, just just think physically first, like. Um, but you can say psychologically later, but that gets a little squishier. But if you think like the goal is to get cars places efficiently versus getting people where they want to go safely, yeah. it um, it gets you to different conclusions, which is, is weird that we're willing to like sacrifice people's lives in order to get cars where they need to go. So like if Three you think, minutes faster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so again, like is congestion good or bad? Well, if congestion slows cars down and then fewer people die because of it, then that seems like a good thing to do. And then, again, how much time are you losing? Do I want a bunch of congestion on 74, right. I-74? No. That's the roads and streets thing. Yeah. yeah. But do I want congestion on the street in front of my house? Yes, because my kids play there, and I don't want cars. If congestion means cars can't drive very fast, so it doesn't mean, like, cars are getting in each other's way, but it just means there's things that make it so cars don't feel comfortable driving quickly. That can actually be really beneficial to, like, Safety of a lot of people. So, so this will this this will be a good lead-in, I think, to another topic that just recently got brought up. And I, I admittedly don't know a lot about it. I first saw it on uh, uh, Councilman from Bloomington Jeff Crable's Facebook page. Was that the state? I believe again, uh, fact check me on all this, but I think the state is wanting to repave uh, Route Nine that runs through Bloomington. And they are asking uh, Bloomington City Council to approve eliminating um, some parking spaces along that route to add uh, bike lanes. Um, so where would the parking spaces be on there? And so, not clear from what I've what I've read, but I believe just uh, using you know what, what I know of th- that route, um, we're looking at it, like think about um, Route Nine that cuts through by Carl's Ice Cream on the west side. Oh, over there. And, okay. Yeah, that, that's. I was thinking over by Veterans, and I was like, no. That's yeah, not, yeah okay. I, that's and again, uh, fact check me on all this, but that based on um, where because I, I asked the same question, where are there parking spaces along Route Nine? Yeah, and that's where I'm thinking of is more west of town. Okay. Um, so. That, that's that's the question that Jeff Crable uh, put on his Facebook page. Now I don't like the way he phrased the question, and um, I, I wanted I wanted to reach out to Jeff and tell him this because he he explained it all okay. But you then should probably have an individual conversation before you I say should. bad things about him. In well, public I'm story. not going to say anything bad about him. <laughs> I just I just didn't like the way he phrased it because he, he he explained it pretty well. And then his poll that he put on Facebook was, "Do you want to eliminate parking or don't you?" I'm like, "Well, that's uh, kind of unfair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of not the not the real question." Uh, but the but it is a question. They're going to have to eliminate. Uh, I think it was. 200 plus, I'll say 200 plus parking spaces along wow. this route, okay. uh, which is a significant number, yeah. uh, to add bike lanes. To some points that I saw on, on Facebook, um, this is not part of the bicycle master plan um, because it's a state route. So they, you know, um, but I'll play the pro and the con here. We either want to be a multi communal community or we don't. Um, and the state recognizes that this might be a need. Otherwise, the state of Illinois probably wouldn't have put it forward. Um, it would be nice as a bicyclist that lives along that route to be able to get to from work faster or wherever they're going quicker. Um, however, the cons, uh, obviously 200 parking spaces is a big deal. Um, 
how much of those parking spaces needed. There's a lot of houses over there that are small lots um, that may not have. I don't, I don't know any of this to be fact, that may not have room on their property to park two vehicles. Mm-hmm. So maybe one of them has to be on the street. Um, I don't know the answers to any of those. Uh, there's probably a lot of buildings that are turn, homes turned into apartments where there's now three units in a home where those people are going to park that are probably parking on the street. So I think there's a lot of an, uh, questions that need answered. Um, but I think we should be careful how we ask a question and not just say, do we want these parking spaces eliminated or not? Do we like bikes or not? Uh, that's not what the question is. The mm-hmm. question is, do we, do we want to move forward and be a multi-communal community um, that is gaining popularity, popularity and trending across the country and sh- facts prove and data proves that millennials and young people want to work and live in places that are multi-communal is this a step in that direction or not yeah so i'm trying to think this this has not been one that i've i've seen at all i'm trying to think of does that intersect with the constitution trail then uh, let me uh, i'm trying to think of where it would, i think it would have to but well, I'm trying to figure it, well out where route nine be. does at locust street um, okay yeah yeah, yeah. Um, there. you cross locust and empire uh, if you're on, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's where those lanes are going. Um, I, I don't have enough data to, to really yeah. tell you if I'm for this or against this yet. Um, yeah. But, so when I think, so I'll tell you when I then I think about like the part of Route Nine that I'm usually on, which is like the mall out to the airport. I really don't see that being a place that bikes really have any business being. It's just too. Again, the the point of those are roads to transport cars uh, efficiently, and it seems pretty dangerous for a bike to be in the mix there, in my opinion. Um, so, and then also, like, if you slim those lanes down, do you improve safety at all? So I have a hard time with that. I will say that I don't think this is where they're talking because the the one one of the things that I either. Uh, Councilman Jeff or Councilman Emig, or Councilwoman Emig uh, posted was no lanes would be reduced. Okay. So the size of lanes would not be reduced, um, and so therefore it shouldn't, um, you know, harm any emergency vehicles getting through or anything like that. We're strictly talking about replacing parking with bike lanes. Yeah. Okay. So that wouldn't be out on the east side where I'm thinking of. Because there's no so. parking, right? That, 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 that's what I was talking about when I was kind of yeah. doing the process of elimination on where these are going. Yeah. Um, it would have to be west, uh, possibly, um, you know, old east side, depending. I can't remember if there's parking along there. Mm-hmm. but So, yeah, so then it would just be, to me, like, the question is, if you eliminate parking spots, so, A, are those spots being used currently? Because you can eliminate spots that are not. I mean, you you could say that if there's spots available to park on the side of the road, but, th- like, technically there's three or four spots to park in front of my house, but no one ever parks there. So you could say, like, oh, adding a bike lane would remove parking. So I don't know if that's a factoring into the equation, but, I mean, if you just take it as, like, 200 cars are no longer going to have a place to be, then where is that going to get absorbed elsewhere? Um, I, I think that to, to say your, what I think you're saying in a different way is removing 200 parking spaces does not equal removing 200 cars from the street. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I, I, would, I would think so. Right. I would think that they wouldn't have data on like where there are actually cars right. being parked. They would just have them where spots where cars could be parked. That's right. So then, um, so then I would kind of think, and I'm just thinking through this on the fly because I haven't had time to prep. Uh, <laughs> and all of my research has been in two Facebook posts. So <laughs> all right. Good. So, so we are, neither of us are experts on yeah, this. So ping us if there's stuff we're messing up here. So then I guess I would ask, like, the let's say that there are cars that are getting parked more in, like, neighborhoods now. Like, they're going off of Empire and they're having to park a bit further into the neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, again, to the point of it, they're, Route 6... Route nine's a road, so if the cars get moved into more streets now, like, does that actually, could that actually, like, help those neighborhoods a bit? Like, could that provide more safety if those cars were parked more regularly, slowing cars down as they're coming through things that are, like, feeding into Route 9? Sure. They could. I think we tend to think about cars being put in neighborhoods on the street as being, like, an eyesore or dangerous or um, like very unpalatable, but you could think of places where that's where that's done, and it actually can um, it can actually make things 
better. Or yeah. think about it this way. Cars do veer off the road. Um, there are times when cars veer off the road and hit houses. It happened to my friend in Normal. Yes. Uh, telephone poles are made with that in mind that instead of like flying outward, they're made to break at the bottom so that they collapse onto the car to reduce the amount of damage that's caused by them. Like it's not undoubtable that cars go off the road sometimes for various reasons, medical, drunk driving, sure, accident, yeah. animal. So if there's a barrier of steel on either side of the road, it actually improves safety for the houses as well too. Absolutely. So I, I if if the concern is that there will be more cars pushed somewhere else, I think thinking a little bit more about what that means would be one of the things I would pose. Yeah. I don't know if that no, I, I, I think that's one one of many points that needs to be looked at. Yeah. Um, this is kind of my overall theme or overall concern is that I think we're so against change or we're so used to thinking one way that all these things that challenge our old thought process get shut down too quickly. And we don't look at some of the the benefits of the change um, goes back from what I was talking about downtown to this Route 9 bikes and like I said the, the question isn't I ride a bike I don't I think bikes should stink I, I love bikes that's not the question the question is also not should, do you like parking or do you not like parking it, it's thinking in a different way and, and realizing that change isn't always a bad thing um, and we need to see what other communities have done and how that can benefit our community here yeah and I yeah, I'm looking at the Constitution Trail map now, and there is... Well, what's blue mean on this map? <laughs> the Constitution Trail map looks, like, super impressive, and then you realize it's got, like, proposed or, yeah. or like... Well, uh, I think some of it is also on the trail, but maybe not connected to the whole trail. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to go, and um, now that we've had this discussion, I want to go drive out on empire there and kind of see what yeah. that would look like because after okay i'm i'm thinking of it now that's where like it crosses clinton it's over by like bent right and uh yes yeah yeah it yeah, does cross clinton yeah, and then yeah. it goes by bent elementary that's kind of like by and then it like goes by wesleyan right out there uh that's em- that- you're thinking emerson maybe oh i think emerson okay yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but it goes by like bent elementary and carl's ice cream and then hits market yeah. eventually and I don't think they're talking about Market Street I don't think again yeah. don't know the data I'll have to look into this it's um, an interesting one but yeah I, I if your point is let's not pit cars against bikes I think that that's um, I think that that's very prudent because yeah. it, it, it's definitely complimentary um, put it another way if you are somebody who really doesn't like congestion on certain roads that you drive, the more people who are riding buses and bikes, the more like the yeah, less they're not less cars. Way. Absolutely, yeah. As long as they can do it safely. I'll tell you. I mean, I'm not people. I've only been riding a bike for uh, my adult life for the last three or four years. Um, I've only been riding a bus for the last five or so years, um, but I have found it to be a tremendous asset to the community that I live in because for example if I'm going to Uptown for uh, we did this just recently when they had their Uptown Music Festival it was easier to bus because I didn't have to worry about finding a parking spot when I got to Uptown right so yeah. I parked in the downtown parking garage I hopped on the green and I got off, I got off in Uptown um, or when middle of the day I often will ride my bike there because it takes me five to ten minutes to bike to Uptown where mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about parking spots or anything like that yeah um, what I honestly see here is the biggest struggle for bikes is um, there's there's like rules on where bikes are supposed to be and how bikes are supposed to act, but that's not how most bikes have to act just f- like for safety reasons. Like you, it's really uncomfortable to be where technically you're supposed to be positioned in the road. Like if you think about when you have those. Um, little markers on the road that says like bikes are allowed to be here like they're on grove street and there's like this little the prince sharrows sharrows yeah yeah like from what i understand technically you're supposed to ride down right in the middle of those things and like you would be over so far that like a car couldn't pass you on the left in that lane cars aren't supposed to pass bikes like in those lanes but most cars don't know that most bikers don't know, to know that so, and so it leads to a lot of confusion and a lack of safety with these things i will so. say this legally if a bike just if you're on a bike act like you're in a car mm-hmm. and that you're legally fine and it's probably the safest way to go yeah that being said you're probably going to piss off some people in a car yep right like if i'm riding my bike down the middle of a lane 
there's going to be some cars that are mad. Yeah. I try to get over to the right as far as I can. Uh, let's say, remember, those are as many potholes as we have in this community, most of them are on the edge of the road, believe yeah. it or not. Yeah. So, so I can't always ride on the edge. Um, plus, you know, when people put out their brush, they don't put it in their parkway. They put it in the road, and that just, that just that hurts bicyclists. But overall, if you ride on the far right side of the lane, if I feel unsafe, I'll take what we say, take over a lane, um, mm-hmm. you know, because that's the safest way to go. Keeps cars behind me. I'm going to do what's going to keep me alive. <laughs> um, a car, if, if, if I hit a car, uh, I almost guarantee the person in the driver's seat is going to be fine and I'm going to be hurt. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm going to do what, what's best for me when I'm on my bike. But if you follow the rules of the road, just like you're in a car, um, most of the time you're going to be just fine. Yeah. Um, you just I have can, to be real confident in that because you're probably going to get honked at. You may get yeah. tailgated. You may get someone passing you like closer than is comfortable and so this was a conversation when we did the washington street bike lanes um during the planning commission discussion was bikes don't belong on washington and 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 the rebuttal to that is well bikes can 100 percent be on washington now (laughs) and they are uh it's not a we're not questioning whether bikes belong on washington We're, we're questioning that if this lane was there would it make the cars and the bikes safer on washington yeah um and so i think that's we got to be careful what question we're asking again we bikes can be everywhere cars can be um but but in, in, in within the city limits so we need to make sure that we do things that are safe for both vehicles bicycles pedestrians and look at the total picture and you're telling me when i pull out of my driveway i should be checking for bikes right <laughs> sorry it's a joke I, I think i'm quoted as saying that. listen to back episodes or check planning commission meetings that'll be a easter egg for those of you um yeah it uh it, washington is a perfect example there of a place where it is so unnatural to go the speed limit like i basically have to just set cruise control at 30 yeah it, the, and and think about before those lanes were there how much harder it was yeah it was even wider it did help to narrow it down a little bit but there's still a tons of tons of psychological indications on that road that you should be going 40 and you live really close to there yeah i drive uh, there constantly and, I, and i'm on the road that's how i get a lot you know downtown to east side it cracks me up when people say they've never seen a bicycle on those bike lanes because mm-hmm. i see it all the time yeah um i mean they're not like no there are definitely not as many bikes as there are cars yeah um, but but i see it all the time. Um, and it's also, down. like, that wasn't just, like, a be-all, end-all, right? Like, that is not – that's not as connected as it should be no. to other biking opportunities on either end of Washington. No. So it's a good, like, path to have there, and I'm very happy. I think it increases my property value because my, my house is now better connected to the school. Data that, shows that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I – I would if I sold my house. Um, that you know, I, my kids go to Washington School. I live by State Farm um, Corporate, and so now you can take a bike there yeah. to that location. Which you can also take it to Bloomington High School and Bloomington Junior High, um, and then it also connects a lot better to the trail, to um, to the foundry. So there still needs to be some work, like right around Tawanda and around Mercer, to like connect it a bit better over there. Right. And I think that's if there's any lack of bikers on there i think it's because it's a little hard to get on and get off of that little stretch on washington but that's not a reason not to have it yeah like it said in in walkable city rules if someone points out that you need a bridge over a river and someone says well people aren't currently swimming across the river so why would you need a bridge um it, it if you're not connecting things in a way where people can easily use it they just go out of their way to that's right to to use something else so it's hard because you get into a little bit of if you build it, they will come type stuff. So it's not the be all end all. But, um, but yeah, on the whole, I just don't. That was the weirdest issue for me. The yeah, Washington well. bike pass. I uh, hope that the Empire bike paths don't become a similar well, the, thing. The, the, ni- the nice thing is that's going to be state and city council. I, I don't think that'll go through planning commission. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, and like I said, I'm actually torn. I'm not always pro bike lanes. Um, I, I I ask the question: Is this going to make it better for cars, vehicles? I'm sorry, vehicles, bicycles, and pedestrians. Um, and is this the direction we want to send our community? It's not part of the bicycle master plan. I think there's other ways to connect um, areas of town. But if the city thinks this is important, or I'm sorry, if the state thinks this is important, the city thinks it's doable. Then of course, then uh, you know the better and safer bicyclists can move around. I think the better we all are. So yeah, yeah. So uh, we spent 50 minutes on uh, on parking and, and biking, <laughs> so that works pretty well. Um, there's something I've been wanting to interject into these that I thought we could kind of try out here while it's just the two of us. Yeah. And it's about 
ways to stay informed about what's going on in the community. And so I was, um, I've mentioned some of the, some of the things in passing before about how I kind of pay attention to what's happening, but, um, maybe you could just go first and like, kind of what's your, what's your regular regimen to stay in touch with what's happening around here Uh, politically? Facebook and unregulated blogs are by, I'm just kidding. Um, the, uh, Honestly, like the, my news sources are usually the local GLT, WJBC, and the Panagraph is usually where I see the spark. And then I just have the inclination usually to dig deeper um, and email or message somebody that knows more than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I if I see something in the in the new, local news media uh, regarding, I'll just say parking because we were just talking about it, um, that might entice me to either message my older person or Jim Carge, public works director of Bloomington, or, or somebody and say, hey, what's this about? Um, I know not everybody's going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so I can appreciate that. Um, but I'll just know that it works. It does. I mean, we, going back to how accessible those people are, um, yeah. it's very accessible. So I um. So when you're, do you tend to read, well, the, the Panagraph? Do you have a subscription? I the digital subscription. The digital. Okay. Yeah. So do you tend to read that yep. most days? Uh, almost every morning. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I I do that as well too. Um, and then I usually just check the. GLT and um, JBC so, like local news pages. I, to see I do what's on the. There. Uh, I have an Alexa. Uh, sorry if I just turned on anybody's Alexa. Um, I have one of those at home, and I listen to uh, GLT's flash briefing uh, in the morning. Okay, so that that gives me the headlines, local headlines. Um, WJBC, I usually, honestly, their Facebook feed is usually where I get their information yeah. from. I miss the. They used to have some good podcasts because I'm a big podcast guy. Yeah, as you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I I look through the topics of the Sound Ideas podcast every day to mm-hmm. see if there's anything I'm interested. I usually catch the mayors when they yeah. come on, and then um, I maybe listen to like one out of every five of them, just depending on the topic if I'm particularly interested in it. Um, JBC used to have uh, a bunch of podcasts, but they're not pushing them out in a way that I can get them anymore, at least. I think you have to go directly to their site to oh, okay. get them. Um, so I don't see those as much anymore. Just with If it's not on iTunes, I pretty much don't yeah. see it. <laughs> um, I call it watch list anxiety. I have like so many podcasts and Netflix cues to things to watch. I just can't even. It's like a job sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Honestly, my again, this is not going to work with everybody. uh, But my best way to stay informed is to have the conversation with people. I am not a big media person. Uh, What I mean by that is I don't watch a lot of TV. I don't watch local news. Yeah. Um, You know, I I usually read the paper in the morning on my phone or my iPad, um, and I'll listen to GLT in the car to and from some places when I'm traveling. But it's not that much either. Uh, it's just having conversations with people. It's it's running into people that I know and saying what's going on, what's affecting your life. Um, I mean, that's again. I I didn't know anything about this Route Nine bike lane thing. I saw it on uh, Councilperson Crable's Facebook yeah. page. So I guess that's a good point about how to. I mean, my Facebook page is pretty much just like set up. Um, I only use it to like follow local topics, yeah. um, political and like social. And so, there's like if someone if you want to hear about stuff that's going on there in your Facebook feed, like um, who all would you find? Like all pretty much all the council people have some sort of presence on there, so yeah. you can you can follow all them. Police departments, Parks and Rec. Um, the mayors. I, the, I'll interject real quick and just say it, Facebook's not always the best place to have the conversation. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it, it's a good place to hear the hear what's going on and to see, and to be informed. Um, but the, a conversation on a Facebook feed very rarely works, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, private message, ask for a cup of coffee or an email exchange or something. Um, it just gets it gets too dramatic and, and stuff on Facebook too yeah. often. So. I, my take on social media is like how trying to have a conversation at a loud party. Um, <laughs> That's a good way to put it. And so, if it's something you can just real quick say like "You're awesome," and the other person's like "Yeah," then you're okay. Or this sucks, you know. Yeah. Like that's that's about the level of pu- discourse you can have. But you're like, well, first you need to consider the history of this going back and 15 years. No one's gonna listen to you. And long. even if you like, I've noticed, and of course I'm, I'll still do this, but I'll share an article and I'll put, you know, while I share it, my brief opinion on it as I share it. But then you start reading the comments and realize that zero people that are commenting read the actual article. Yeah. Or just read the headline and what I put. Um, yeah. So that that you know read I think is 
<laughs> is, is another thing that I would say. Um, make yeah. sure you make sure you get yourself as informed as possible before you put your opinion out there. So, but but yeah, there's tons of. Um, and then if you go beyond politics, like just so many groups um, like BCAI that um, Angelique, Angelique came in and talked about. Um, like Children's Discovery Museum. Like, well, I'm I'm, I'm kind of like kid focused with the stage yeah. that I'm at. Um, but even like the Castle, the Bloomington Center for Performing Arts. Like, if you want to know more about what's going on around here, just like keep a running list of mm-hmm. places that that are, are doing things, and then you, you you like them and just keep they keep popping up in your news feed. You keep getting events put out there, and well, it's like the Play Normal event they're having next you know this coming weekend. Um, Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a huge event for our local economy. It's a huge event for anyone that likes esports or Call of Duty. And, you know, I haven't seen anything on it. Uh, so it's, I think, things like that, following the types of uh, programming that yeah. interest you, um, you'll be able to stay informed that way too. Yeah, we went to AB Hatchery yesterday. They set up one of their... Um one of their little greenhouse areas with a bunch of water activities for oh, kids. Oh, that. that's cool. And they, it was like a, a customer appreciation thing. They were growing out hot dogs and chips, and my wife just found out about it on Facebook. Cause I love that place. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We should try to get the try to get them on. Yeah, they they, they might make a good sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I do like that place a lot. But um, but yeah, so that could be um, that could be something that we throw out um, at the. Uh, Maybe at the end of every episode, we could say, like, here's something going on in the community that I found out about or did that um, that people might not know about. Um, That's a good idea. Yeah, could throw that in there. Yeah. I will say, I know we disagree on this, and maybe it's a topic for a larger day, but I do get uh, BLN news dumped to me once a week, and I, uh, I browse through that mostly for, for leads. Um, I, I will say that I am... I'm highly skeptical of things that I read on there, and I multiple times have looked deeper into things and found out that I don't agree with how they're represented. But there are a lot of topics that I find on there that, um, you know, I, again, I, I, I view them as leads and kind of an insight into maybe what a segment of the population is thinking. Um, but I would, I, I do caution all people to, um, you know, to be, to be. Uh, well, I would say what, what, what Diane Benjamin says is she wants people to be critical and to think deeply and to pay attention, and I, I think that goes for how you interact with your government. I think it goes with how you interact with all media as well, too. So follow her advice and, and think critically and carefully about things. After thinking critically and carefully, I've chosen not to look at that website. <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> I'll let you know if anything uh, comes up. <laughs> uh, there's a couple other ones that I look at, too. So the... Central Illinois Proud is uh, it's WMBD. Is WMBD, right? yeah. So occasionally there's stuff out there. I, I cruise their site every now and then. And then I don't know who runs this. Chronicle Illinois, like McLean County. Um, Chronicle Illinois has yeah, stuff. I don't know that one. But the um, it's coming up with an error on my phone now, so maybe it's down. And then I check out what's going on in cities 92.9 as well, too, just to round everything out there. Yeah, I don't think their website's that great, though. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't mind, honestly, and I very rarely agree with most of the things, I'll, I'll be honest, but I don't mind listening to their station every now and then, uh, especially depending on the guests that they might have. Um, but their website just seems to be very, like, this was reported in the pantograph. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. it, it's um, it's pretty rare that I find anything. Um, although, I just went here, and here it is, Bloomington Normal to host $5,000 Call of Duty esports tournament, so... There you go. There they, you go. They got our they got our uh, Call of Duty tournament on there. So that's, that's awesome. Good. Yeah. All right. All right. We're about ready to wrap uh, it up. I, we yep. should probably mention uh, Play Normal Esports and Normal Gadgets one more time. Uh, reme- uh, nor- uh, I'm sorry, Normal Gadgets actually informed us that they are looking and hiring for a technician. So if you have any kind of computer experience, you go to soldering, um, technical experience, come, come uh, check them out. They'd be a great place to work. They're looking for part-time, possibly full-time if you have the skill set. So um, come see Terry um, at Play Normal Esports or Normal Gadgets and ask for more information information there 
Don't forget about the Call of Duty tournament coming up this weekend. They're all sold out. You can't play, but you can come watch some of the most skilled Call of Duty players uh, in a multi-state region come play here locally. And then check out their website for all their other stuff. Playstations, Xboxes, PCs. They have food here. Uh, This is a great place for kids' parties or a guy's event, girl's event, anything like that. Come hang out, play some video games. It's an awesome place. And get all your electronics fixed also at uh, Normal Gadgets. I miss anything? Nope, we're good. (laughs) Should I, um, should we like publicize that we would be be open to another sponsor or should we just sort of let it go? No, I mean, if you're interested in sponsoring the show, I think you should get in contact with us. Uh, We'll be sure to mention your name, um, work out a deal where you benefit. Um, So let us know. Yeah, we've got some expenses coming up in the next couple months and it'd be really nice to. Uh, have someone uh, help us out with that yeah. and we would um, be willing to work with you about whatever sort of uh, advertising arrangements you'd want as well. Alright, we done? Uh, yeah, let's be done. Well, it's going to make me uh, it's going to make me sad not to talk about Little Beaver Brewer anymore though. Well, we can still talk about them. They've been good to us. They're still awesome. Yeah, they're still pretty (laughs) awesome. So...